What's up, everybody? It's Jay the Gentleman from the Gentleman's Corner Podcast. We got episode two coming up with one of my favorite people, Melanie Joy Fontana. But before we get to that, make sure you're subscribing to Water Ice Radio on all social media platforms as well as waterice.com, your scoop to everything Philly. Go ahead and subscribe, click the link, whatever you got to do. Make sure you're following us for all the great things that are coming up with Water Ice Radio and waterice.com. So with that being said, let's get right into the next episode of the Gentleman's Corner Podcast. And this person, this lady, this amazing woman, she is basically living my dream. She is a singer-songwriter, has been writing hits for artists you might have heard of, like Dua Lipa, Britney Spears, Justin Bieber, BTS, the list goes on and on. Her name is Melanie Joy Fontana, and we met literally 10 years ago working on the cruise ships in my past life and we talked to her about her journey as a songwriter as a singer as a producer and all the different paths that she had to carve out for herself to get to the point where she's getting calls from all these amazing artists engineers producers to write some of the biggest hits for some of the biggest stars in the world her and her husband make a great duo shout out to lingren and I can't wait for you to hear this because she has a lot of really great stories. She has a lot of great successes and she's just getting started. So without further ado, this is the Gentleman's Corner Podcast Episode 2 with Melanie Joy Fontana. Enjoy. do sometimes look back and I'm like what the fuck was I thinking <laughs> acting like that talking like that like in a million years now never never would I ever speak to my mom that way now I mean I've, we've had our moments but like yeah. it's just crazy like when you're young like 21 years old you're like wild right no I um it, and then but I, but after that or you know we would you know I would like yo shut the fuck up whatever but after that we were cool as fuck like it was i think fun. it was just like it was just like you have to shut up yeah. like my mom always fighting with me about something my mom hated my boyfriend so <laughs> and my boyfriend was like we heard hey. everything through the walls because the walls were so thin on the ships on the cruise ships so when we heard everything we were just like yo what the fuck it's 3 a.m like she's drawing like i need to go tell her like I yo was also like we were so drunk every fucking <laughs> night. Like it was me. There was a drummer on the on the ship. I don't remember Josh Breedlove. Yes, yes. Super yes. tall white yes. dude from Missouri, like crazy drummer, but also like drunk as hell the whole time. I mean, we all yeah, you're right. You're we all were. We all were. Oh my god, yeah. My mom and I, we like when I was a teenager, like even before I got on the cruise ship in my very early twenties. My mom and I were like like brawling it was so unhealthy it was it was it was um but i'm a, I'm it, a new I, it's like you it, 10 years go by and you look back at yourself and you're like who is this bitch <laughs> i don't even know her no but through all of that i remember us like really connecting because you know we had the east coast thing um and i i just genuinely loved uh artist music just anybody and when I found out, I don't know if you remember this, but when I found out that you were like a songwriter and you showed me like your book 
my notebook. Oh, That's right. I yeah. brought my books with me. And then, but then you also like played music for me of like, I don't know if there were demos or, 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 or mastered or it was just like, they were, they were back then they were really old demos that I had yeah. recorded probably more, most likely with my homeboy in New York named Tere. Yes. I don't know yes. if you know who Immortal Technique is. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. Okay. Really. So Tere yeah. and Tech are like best friends, grew up together. Yeah. Um, Tere kind of gave him his first sound by being like his main producers go to like everything guy. And then Tere yeah. and I worked together a lot. And we actually got introduced to that crazy ex-boyfriend because they went to high school together that's insane so, so like when 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 you when you i just remember vividly when you played me the music i was like wait a minute you played like two songs and i didn't say anything and you and i was like play another one you played another one and i was like how i said first of all what are you doing on a cruise ship <laughs> second of all these these are legit songs that i could hear on the radio what like i didn't well, understand it didn't, it didn't make any sense to me how good the shit was. I was like, I was you gotta impressed. do you gotta do what you have to. Honestly, like for me, the cruise ship was something I desperately needed. So that 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 relationship I was in, like honestly, now he has two kids, he's married. Like his whole life has calmed down. As you can clearly see, I'm married. My whole life has my emotional life has calmed down. Sure. Um, nothing against him, but that relationship I was in was so unhealthy and bad for my career because when I, I don't know what it is about being young and, 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 and your parents and trying dumb. to tell you what to do, but by the way, my mom is, was, and still is like my biggest number one fan. That's All amazing. is forgiven. Like she's the one who pushed me like, Hey, like you, if you're going to get a side gig to make money, like it should be in music. That's your strength. Like right. do what you love. Always telling me to pursue what I love. And, when I found this ad in Backstage Magazine, I was sitting at Starbucks on the corner of Victory Boulevard and freaking <laughs> Coldwater Canyon, right by my old shitty single studio apartment. Sure. And I was like, okay, this LA thing is real hard. I was signed at the time or signing at the time to a producer, a major big producer. And he kind of like, like, like dangled you, the carrot. Were you in LA at this time? Yeah, I moved Arcali to LA. Or yeah, I moved to, so I was living in New York for a, a while, right. moved to LA to be in a girl group. That girl right. group never happened. I, I moved, I was the only one of, of the five girls or four girls, five girls that moved across the country to be in this girl group. And the producer just kept dangling the carrot, dangling the carrot. Oh, you have to pay for your own rehearsal space. Oh, you have to pay for your own studio time. And it was just like, that's not how production deals work. You don't understand. We're all artists. We have no money. And if we do, it's our parents' money. Sure. And I was the brokest, the most sort of like scrappy of everyone in the group. I was the least like girly. I was the least. Because you, you're originally from New York, right? Connecticut originally. Okay. About, right, an, right, hour, right. about an hour and a half north of New York City. Right. That and corridor, I li but I lived in, in Manhattan. I had been living in Manhattan for like six years when we met. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Okay. I had right. just spent like right. six months in LA doing this girl group. And when that flopped and I just like fell flat on my face, I was like, well, I've spent all my money being in LA. I, yeah. I have, a, I need to figure out how to make money. And yeah. I saw this advertisement 
auditions uh, for an agent, not even for carnivals, like auditions to find an agent Correct. to place you on a major cruise line. Cruise, yes, yes. That's and how they that's hired. how they I hired. ended up on the Conquest first for six months and then the Victory for five months. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so for, for people that don't know, um, usually when they try to find uh, talent, whether it's um, singers or dancers, even hosts, with, I was an entertainment host, it's always through a third party like agency and then they connect them to the cruise lines and you go through the whole process of trying to get hired or whatever. Um, so the Conquest was your first... My first ship was the victory. That was my first ever ship. That was your. Did you do any other contracts? You, you did. No, that was it. No, 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 no. After the victory, yes, yes. Okay. But when I met you, that was my very, very. I was green. I was oh, fresh. Oh my god! You were probably like, "This shit is wild. This I, girl's I, crazy. She's fighting with her boyfriend in the middle of the night. Well, She's yelling was, at her mom." It's a cult. It's a culture shock because it's a different type of working. Because you're, how do you tell people? Like, how do you explain it to people? Because this is how I explain cruise ship life. It's like a floating college, but everyone's kind of drunk the whole time and there's no classes and you get paid and everything's cheap. That's what it is. It's, it's not even the cheap because in college you can find cheap shit. Everybody drinks true, 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 true. With the cruise ships, it's college, but you get paid. Yeah, it's that's, like you go, but, and there's no classes. You just them. have to like show up and, and, and be happy in front of people. And that's your that's only what I, job. That's what I tell them. I say it's college, but you get paid. But you also got, didn't you throw in the international aspect? You got literally people from all around the world, all walks of life, and you're trying to work together to make other people from around the world happy for the whole duration of their trip. And so you got to have a smile. And what I did, you know, I was always on, you know, when it came to, because we had trivias and all that shit. Uh, y'all were, I would say y'all were lucky in the sense that y'all only came on on certain times, right? Yeah, we, um, we, we worked, it felt like a lot because we would rehearse two hours, like right. four days a week. Right. right. And that's not much. That was fine. But it was the doing three shows back to back, three, three. And so three hours in like the, the promenade, three hours in one lounge, <laughs> and then another two hours in, in, yeah. in, in, in the lobby, the jazz not, trio. And that's not even something. counting like holidays where you had to do the christmas shows and like the new year stuff and on the on the the little deck where there's like three thousand people i was so lucky that i didn't have to be in those productions because those productions like i like hats off to all of those girls and guys and people that were in that show because that was a real broadway production three four nights a week yeah yeah Yeah. and, and i was like meanwhile by the way so about a month before I came aboard my first contract, they had fired. So th- this, I was the show band singer. So they had fired all of the horn players, the, 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 like the, the, the trumpets, the, the trombonists, like the band that used to be on the cruise ship was a huge band and there was no singer. It was just instrumentals and jazz standards. So these were like dark, serious musicians. And then right. on comes 20 something year old me. That's like, Hey, I love Britney Spears. I lived in New York. I came from LA. I'm a good singer. Meanwhile, my ass didn't even know how to read a chart. Wow. I had to learn how to read charts so I could just keep up with the band because on the cruise ship, they're reading. They're not following me. I'm following them. Absolutely. Most times when I'm singing, like before the cruise ship, I was like, follow me, boys, you know? (laughs) 
and a no. one, two, three. <laughs> no, not on the cruise ship. On the cruise ship, I had to learn how to read sheet music, which yeah. is something I, being young and being naturally able to do something like sing, you sort of get, you spoil yourself into thinking you don't need to learn how to do these things other musicians go to school for. And yeah. I deluded myself into thinking I would never need to read sheet music because I'm going to sing pop music. I'm going to become a pop star. I'm moving to LA. No. Right. Reality so, hit. And it hit hard when I got onto the Carnival Conquest because my musical director was A. Yeah. He was like, he was like a, a taskmaster, that man. He yeah. was like, oh, you missed the cue. You missed the coda. And yeah. they just kept playing without me. So yeah. it, it was so, rough. So it, it's one of those things where you're kind of thrown in and you've got to figure it out. And, and in life, you need those experiences to be able yes. to adapt and pivot and handle. So I kind of want to go back a little bit um, and talk about uh, just songwriting. And like, when did you realize that you had a knack for it? Or how did you even get exposed to that aspect of performing? Because I feel like with singers, they kind of just want to sing. And I always tell people like, yo, if you can't write a song, like, I don't like, you're just like, there's a lot of singers out there. Well, okay. Or so, am I wrong? No, you're, you're half right. You're half wrong. I'll tell you why. Because there are some artists that are just the vessel through which a song gets to be born, right? Or gets okay. to travel. There are some artists like such as Rihanna. Would you consider yeah. her less of an artist just because no. she doesn't write her songs, right? Okay. No. Then again, back see, in the day, let's but, but see, I say, I say like Randy. Rihanna's like an outlier. Okay, Brand, okay. She okay. didn't write her music, but did That's it make true. her less of an artist? No. no. It's just that nowadays we are in this very self-sufficient laptop society. Yes. So you either run with the wolves or you hope that those wolves are down to take care of you. Right. <laughs> I mean, how many times does that even happen, though? You know what I mean? So I do think it's important, you know, how to like as a songwriter, it's important that you know how to cut your own vocal, because sometimes producers just don't send you back your stuff. Sometimes you'll write a song with a producer who plays the instrumentation, makes a dope track in the room with you, beat drums, everything. And then you wait a week, you wait two weeks and you're like, damn, if I had just asked him to bounce me that track at the end of the session. I could have gone home, cut my own vocal and had a complete yeah. song that I could either put out myself or shop to other artists. Right. Yeah. So it's important to be self-sufficient as a songwriter. But to answer your first question, I got yes. into songwriting when I was like very, very, very little. Fun fact, my mom, I, I just bought my mom an apartment in L.A. So she's moving Aww. from the East Coast to L.A. and has been cleaning out her. I mean, my whole childhood home. I'm sure and she sent me a notebook of lyrics that I wrote when I was like six or seven years old. And it's a song. What? I was like, what was this? It was like, get on your knees. Thank God you're alive. Because <laughs> now and now is your time to shine. And I, I can't remember how it went, but like, I weirdly remember <laughs> like writing that down, like get on your knees. Thank God you're alive. It's, it's your time, your time to shine. And I was like, that's so cool. Like daily affirmations now, right? Like, <laughs> I was like, I got, you know, I could have a whole Instagram of these, honey. Right. Um, but I started writing when I was very little and it just happened naturally. Like nobody was like, you should sit down and write a song. It was just something like, 
it, it felt as natural to me as learning how to walk and talk. What you know what your, I'm saying? What was, I do. What was your um, earliest memories of mute, like listening to music? Like, do you remember listening to a CD first, a cassette or, or LP? Yes. Like a, a cartoon have... theme song? Like what was the, what was it? Cassette tape. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Okay. The, 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 um, homie. Like the river Jordan. Oh yeah, the the, the Free there. Willy, Free Willy, right? Free Willy, you're my yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. So that's one of my oldest memories of like loving a song, listening to it, and singing along with it. Um, another one, I I mean, I bought when I was like maybe like five or six. I bought the Green Day Dookie CD. <laughs> or time no, out, cassette, time cassette, out. Cassette, cassette, cassette. Time out. That I feel like people our age. Uh, we're not too far off as far as age, but I feel like no. there's a couple of albums that people have bought, like within our age, that like uh, across the board they had that. Like I feel like Dookie's one of them. I feel mm -hmm. uh, like um, uh, Jagged Little Pill, uh, Alanis Morissette. Bingo, had that right? one. And then you you think about hip hop, like uh, the Fugees, the score. Like had I feel like score. a lot of a lot of these albums are very quintessential to a lot of people's upbringing so it's funny you brought up dookie that that was a great album and there was what, what was the lauren hill album with that thing on it miss miss, miss education miss education of lauren hill had that yeah. that was i had that on cassette so and mm -hmm. i also but then when i started getting into cds i think my first cd ever funny enough was mariah carey music box wow that was my wow. first cd but yeah my my first memory of consumption being an end yeah. consumer of music was sure the that michael jackson cassette and also my grandmother i have this vague memory of my grandmother got with it came with her mercury tracer in like the <laughs> late 80s early 90s yeah there was a cassette tape and i believe carly simon had done sort some sort of like joint venture like a jv with mercury to like hat like a six song ep on a cassette tape came with every mercury tracer and i remember Huh. Listening to this Carly Simon cassette on repeat in my grandmother's car. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. My like you're you're way cooler than me. Like my the first thing I remember, like me pressing play, putting the headphones in. It was first of all, it was a record of the LP. Oh and, yeah. And it was um I I saw I find I recently found it on Amazon. Um it was the Alvin and the Chipmunks singing Beatles hit. That's how I, I got had into their, like. I had their Christmas. I had Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas album. Like that's how I got into probably the around this. We we probably had it at the same time because that like we would listen to Alvin and the Chipmunks constantly. So you were so, not uncool. You're so, on so, par. <laughs> you're, so you're that on album, brand. that album. So my my uncle, like I lived with a lot of people in my house. So like like I was exposed to a lot of different music early. So I would have an uncle who would listen to Depeche Mode, Madonna like dance music. And then my, my other uncle, he listened to the oldie stuff. Uh, my grandma listened to Patsy Cline. My grandpa listened to Glenn Miller. Me and my sisters listened to the R&B. My mom would listen to like old school, like funk and soul, like parliament and all them. So I had a, like, I was really in tune to a lot of different genres of music that I, I just grew up listening to that I loved. And I've always been the type of person where when people would ask me what kind of music, I was like, I listen to everything. Like I really do. My, my, my uncle, he's, give him a shout out but he's a, a western swing country artist he's been doing that for like 30 years so i've always just, yeah That's so like crazy. for me I, 
I always like I, I'm always like music is just a big part of my life and I love it and I always curious to like people's like beginnings when they first remember themselves yeah my, my my first like really vivid memory of music is I, I also had like these back in the day I don't know if you remember they made these record players for kids yes and they had yes. plastic albums that were about that big like as yeah. big as like a crispy cream they had the needle and, um, it was a big hunky needle like this big it was like yeah. red and yellow it was i think it was I, a, a fisher so if you really want to go way back yeah that was one of the things my my parents i got it as a gift i don't know if it was something my mom maybe got for the baby shower for me but Probably. i had that record player and i recall it and my mom told me she also told me that i was singing the songs along with the little plastic records before yeah. I even learned how to talk. So That's this amazing. is just something that has always been part of me. And um, when I, you know, to fast forward, when I went on the cruise ship to sing live, yeah. I, I was coming from like a very, uh, a weird place in my life. Like I was, it was sort of an escape, but it was also sort of like a, I thought I needed to like teach myself like a hard lesson of like, this is what it's like to be a live musician. You've got to learn right. how to hack it. Earn so, your chops. Yeah. you. But my very first memory of like performing and stuff, I was of course in kindergarten or first grade. Yeah. And my, my music teacher pulled me to the side after class. And there was another boy in my class who was really, really into music with me. And he pulled the two of us aside after class. Like my, my teacher kind of like ushered the kids back down the hall into our you know room. Yeah. And um, he was like, hey, there's a, a big performance coming up. The superintendent of Newington Public Schools is retiring. And we're going to throw him a big concert. And I wondered if, Melanie, you wanted to do a singing solo in the show. And to the other boy, I think his name was Sean. I can't quite remember. She's like, hey, Sean, would you like to also be like the boy and the girl that I pick from the music class? So that was the first time I ever got like singled out for being something maybe a little bit exciting to a yeah. uh, to another musician. <laughs> was and that was that was that the same time when you realized that you could sing or you had like a vocal like some sort of vocal skill? That was probably right around the time I realized I had I was able to sing on key and my music teachers always seemed to single me out, which goes to show you how important it is to have music in schools. I know it sounds like cliche and like beating a dead horse, no, but it, is. it breaks me when I think about schools cutting budgets, cutting out music programs, because I'm like, my whole life would never have happened if in first grade, when I was this tall, as big as a one foot ruler, Right. The teacher didn't say, hey, you got something. You should pursue this. That's, so, yeah, it's, it's very yeah. powerful. It's very powerful yeah. to hear that from an adult, um, especially people that you see all the time, like teachers and educators, uh, yeah. to, to kind of sh to, to, to give you that shine. Because you got to think, you know, you're in a class of hundreds of kids and everybody like there's only certain few, there's only a few kids that are that excel at certain things that are going to get attention. Um, and that's important for those people that are those kids that are excelling at that age. Um, when you as you got older, what were some like very important influences or influencers that really kind of gave you the the um, the back the, 
the backing or the support to be like, you know what, well, maybe so, there's the there's a future in music for me. Really, it was my mother. My, I okay. mean, I, of course, I had my idols that I my my music idols. I I worshipped Britney Spears. I worshipped Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Brandy, Monica. I loved TLC. I loved a lot of female pop that leaned R and B. You know, um, I loved listening to old stuff like Billie Holiday and and Etta James. But my mom was the one that was like, "Should we get you a manager that will like take you into New York?" Because, like I said, That's growing so up close to New York makes it easy to go in and out for auditions and stuff. When I was about 12, my mom was like, we should look into getting you someone professional to help me at least because I have a a younger brother to help me with you going in auditions, auditioning for plays, auditioning for, you know, certain events to perform at different events. I, I was performing, doing national anthems all up and down the East coast. So she was like, you need something you need to, we need somebody real. And she found me my first manager. Wow. Like my first how, legit how old, manager. How old were you when you found, when you had that, when you had the first 12, manager? 12. Wow. Mm-hmm. My first music acting kind of like all around manager. He was not an agent. He didn't get me gigs, but he made sure I got to the gig, made sure that what the gig was like on the up and up that all the papers were signed. He was able to sign off on things for me. He was a really, really great guy. We just outgrew. I just outgrew sure. him. That just, yeah. ha- you know, it wasn't like, oh, like, went bad. Um, it was he, just, was, he was he was stealing money or anything no, like that. It, was, it yeah. just was like, I that happened. Was, you know, I was like 16, 17. I was really seriously thinking about moving to New York to pursue it much more seriously than I could ever pursue it from the suburbs. Yeah. So I just, we just kind of parted ways. And that was when I really, really, I moved to New York. I was supposed to go to college, supposed to go to NYU. That did not happen. I ended up becoming kind of like a go-to at Sony studios for different producers. Like, Hey, I'll get you your liquor at the corner store. I have a fake ID. I'll record your demo. Oh, Missy Elliott's in, in the studio. Do you want to just run and go grab some curvassier for her at the corner? Um, do you want to just sing some background vocals on this thing real quick? Oh, I have a song I need you to cut for me. I was just like, sort of a, like a musical gopher at Sony studios in New York for a while. That makes me so happy to hear because I feel like it's very important for young people to understand paying your dues and just kind of keeping yourself in those yes. rooms. What whatever it is, whether you're sweeping up or doing gopher shit, like Coffee. it's important. Like you gotta be able to do that shit because it's not about it's not about demeaning your character or like, oh, being like some sort of like you know, gopher. It's about if you're able to handle simple tasks like getting the coffee and getting the order right, then they'll trust you with other stuff. I always say this, no matter where you are in your career, you are not above sharing, getting someone a cup of coffee or cleaning up a few plates until you own the building, period. And that's how you become successful. You have to be a team player with people, with your collab, with your co-writers. With, if you're a songwriter, to collaborate with another writer. Uh, if you're a music producer who's more of an instrumentational instru- instrumentalist to collaborate with the the top liners in the room top liners like another term for someone who writes the lyrics and the melodies the top line of the song so yes 100 percent. people now on like the tiktok instagram i think that people believe all you have to do is go viral and you'll have everything you want they don't understand the long it's it's cool because it's short term but if you want longevity 
if you want to be able to do whatever you want to do for the rest of your life, like you got to be able to master your craft, be able to take uh, kind of humble yourself and just be in those rooms and do the shit that nobody else wants to do because opportunities come and it's un- it's unfortunate and I don't want to be like that old get off my lawn old man shit. No, but, we're but not. I feel like it's it's it's, it's, it's kind of pr- like I feel like people don't understand the amount of work it is to get to that point where your name is in the same room as Britney Spears, Dua Lipa, BTS, all these great artists that you worked with, which we'll get to in a little bit. But you you got to put the work in. Whatever the work is, you got to put it you know, in because there's no shipping. I mean, to me, I just feel like the fire dies when you feel like you're getting what you deserve. Your fire dies when you feel like you've already made it. You always wow. have to feel you always. I think that the secret to very successful people is you always have to secretly feel like you're a loser. <laughs> yeah. You have, to, oh, you have to want more. Maybe not a loser. A loser is kind of a, a, a really putting it into a pinpointed category. But like, you always have to kind of feel like I'm not there yet. And right. I am not, even though like there are people that might go, Oh, Melanie Fontana has done X, Y, Z, this and that. But to me, I'm going, well, I still want to do A, B and C. So right. I'm not there yet. You know? Right. So you're, you you said your mom was like the one that really like kind of like got your manager mm-hmm. really kind of push you. Does she have any musical background or is just, she just kind my of recognized mom- that you had some sort of skill that you wanted to really hone in on? Yes. So my mom loved music growing up. She was always kind of the girl in her music class that got singled out for having a good voice for, you know, being good at singing harmonies. And uh, she pursued uh, for a very brief period of time, pursued being uh, like in talk radio, actually. She wanted to be a weather girl on the radio (laughs) back in the day when you would like, like, Em, here's uh janice yeah. fontana with the weather right right, right 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 she wanted to be yeah. that girl she had kids she got married she did the 80s thing the 80s 90s mom thing and she tells me she's like i don't regret having you guys but i wish that i had pursued the musical part of my life at least the the radio part being on the radio part of my life she had even learned how to run back in the 90s and 80s these big bo- you needed to learn how to work full soundboards you need to be an audio engineer even to just do the weather so she learned how to you know do the boards a little bit and did she have to like cut tape and shit like i don't know i don't know i don't think she was that i don't think she was into into the recording side of it but she was pursuing a career in radio prior to right okay yeah but no one else that's it like really my family's not very musical i come from a very like white bread connecticut Mom stays at home. Dad goes to work. Brother plays sports. You know, it was just very the yeah. the the suburban cookie, cookie cutter. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Very so, much that. So we fast fast for a little bit. You're in high school. What are you doing in high school? Are you just like writing lyrics? Like what, what's going on? What's your what was Two your things. high school experience like? Feeling like all at once, I was not remotely good enough to be around any of the people there while simultaneously thinking none of these people have shit on me. <laughs> that like, I, I feel like that, I feel like that's most people's experience in high school. It's just like, I don't belong here. Everyone's yeah, I need to get the fuck me. out of here. Yeah. But also I'm so much better than all of these simple ass basic people. <laughs> <laughs> this is the melody I know. And I love You're still the like these basic boring bland 
blah. Like I just, I had to get out of my hometown. It's not, I'm not, not that, like if you stayed there, my, my brother, my brother's there. He's doing amazingly. I have friends back home that are doing amazingly, but I wouldn't touch that life with a 10 foot pole. It's not for you. Nope, not for me at all. I just felt like I would like it, it physical suffocation. If I stayed, I actually, I was bullied so bad in school that I bounced from like four different high schools. I went to one and what? then I went to another, then I went to another. And then I eventually, my mom was like, I can't deal with this anymore. Your teachers don't like you. The students don't like you. It's obvious. I'm pulling you out. And so I graduated Wait, high school. Through, yeah. Time out. Time out. What, what would cause people to bully you or even the teachers to not like you? What was it? Like, did you have an attitude problem? Did you like no. talk shit? I was not, I always kept myself. I just always, for some reason, attracted like male bullies who attacked my looks, my weight. And then those male bullies would inevitably inevitably attract female bullies who would attack my looks, my weight. Oh, you want to be a famous singer? You're, you're a terrible singer. You know, it was like, everyone knew I had a dream and I was very vocal about it. You see how I am. I'm, I'm different from what I was, but I'm still at the core, like a very talkative person that like, so, likes to, Yeah, I'm excited about things. I'm doing, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go, right. I'm going into New York this weekend. I have an audition for this, this show and that and show. And they just shit on it. Oh, like, sh- and, and even the music teachers, I got asked to what? leave. I got asked to leave a select choir because some parents complained that I was a professional singer. Cause I, okay. So I had a little, when I was 16, my mom and I put together this little company for me so I could go on the weekends and sing at kids' birthday parties and I would dress up like glitter on my eyes and like a wig and like pink and I would dress up and be like a pop star birthday party and I would yeah. sing. The kids would, I would be like, give me your five songs that you love and I'll put together like a 10 song went, set list. You, you were basically like kids bop. Like. <laughs> yeah, it was kids bop, three kids bop. So I would go do birthday parties and um, the, the parents were like, she's a professional musician. She makes income and she's like at a company. Yeah, so? <laughs> and I was like, so I can't sing in select choir because on the weekends I sing, oops, I did it again at a five-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> so yeah, it was, high school was rough and it's so, it's so crazy how much I've blocked out of high school, but I went and to Catholic not- school. Okay. One year I went to private school. One year I went to Catholic school and then... I went back to another private school and then I just left and did homeschool. I got my diploma on a carnival cruise ship. What? The homeschool program was out of Florida and every year they would throw their graduation party on a three-day cruise to the Bahamas. So I graduated on the carnival fantasy. Mm-hmm. As a guest. As a, as a, as a guest. As a cone. Wow. It came full circle. As a full cone. <laughs> Wait, so you, so you didn't even know about, you didn't realize like there was, I guess you want to say career. You didn't realize there was a career on cruise ships and shit. You were just there. and you... To me, everybody who worked on a cruise ship was so international. Yeah. And so like, wow, like brave. Yeah. Leaving home. Like living on a boat, like it didn't even cross my mind at 16 or I I graduated early because I was like, I want to get done with high school. So I literally worked crazy fast, got through my sophomore and senior year all within like six months. 
And so when you finished school, did you go to college? No, I did not go to college. School of so hard were knocks. You, were, so when you're 16, 17, you're done with school, what were you doing? Just working odd jobs and doing gigs here? And I got there? a job. So I was doing my parties on the weekends. And then I started working at Subway. That was fun. Wow. I was a Subway sandwich artist. Then I went from working at Subway <laughs> to being kind of like a runner in an office where okay. I would like book bind books and hole punch and all this stuff like the uh, clerical work but I got fired because on a Friday I forgot to bring back the change from lunch which was like four dollars and 17 cents or something ridiculous I left it in my cup holder and I was going to bring it back on Monday and my boss was like Melanie you stole money you stole the change and I was like this sounds like an excuse for you to fire the right, 17 year old like, incompetent dude, girl. <laughs> less than five dollars. You're really tripping out. Like what is going on? What's going on with your business? Where I literally was like, if it was 2020, I would have just taken my phone and like taken a picture of it in my cup holder. But we right. didn't have camera phones back then. Like it's literally right here. I forgot it. I delivered you lunch and I went home. Wow. They said I stole it. I was like, okay, cool. Like I five dollars. All right, cool. So, so for about a year. Yeah. And I also was just like performing. Like I was riding off of little itty bitty successes I had. Like I won this competition called the Connecticut Idol and I got to go on Fox TV and they gave me a limo ride to New York to audition and then inevitably fail at getting on American Idol. <laughs> then um, I won Showtime at the Apollo Theater. Wow. Yeah. So like I, had I no was idea about doing that. like, and then I did, um, let me see, what are my other like little, uh, oh yeah, then the Baltimore Orioles called me out to do the national anthem. So I like had these like, like every like six months or so I'd have these like big, exciting things happen for me. And I'd perform. And shit, yeah. I would be, I was literally just gigging in between working odd jobs and then doing my parties. I mean, and performing, then I, at, performing at the Apollo was like, that's crazy. That's like a, a bucket. It's a bucket list. Like not a lot of people are a able to do that. B able to walk out of there without getting, you know, <laughs> I mean, for me, the Apollo was the like most like sweaty armpit, like terrifying. Cause they don't give a fuck. They don't care how old you are. Like you better come with it. There was like, like in the front row, they were like, okay. Mm -hmm. Like I could see people already being like, oh, she's going to flop. <laughs> I was like, and you, and you killed this. it. I was like, watch, hold on. <laughs> what did you, what did you sing? What did you do? Etta James at last classic 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 but yeah so that that was my teenage years then the day I turned 18 my mom was like listen we can either pay for you to go to college or we could hook you up with some rent for a little while okay and I was very fortunate I do not come from a, a wealthy family I do not have a gated house I live in a very we grew up in a very simple middle class middle of the road so it was like my parents had to work to support us yeah. so my parents were like, in lieu of college, we'll pay your rent in New York City. So you can be there full time trying to get what you want to do. But like, honestly, it was like a hamster wheel. Like I ended up just like making homies and like going drinking and auditioning yeah. like once, twice a month. If I was lucky getting wow. a job, I, I worked for, I worked for four. You can't believe how long I worked at, I worked at a health food store for four years. No shade. I love this health food store. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's called Simply Natural. It's still there. 40 Shout out to them. <laughs> Shout out Simply Natural. I mean, I, I mean, I was not doing what I moved to New York to do. I ended up falling in love with dude from the cruise ship, 
me yelling on the phone on the cruise I think ship. He, I think he came to visit too. He did. He visited me yeah. and we went, that was a, was that? Yeah, that was like probably like three months into my contract. It was close to the end of my contract when he came. Yeah. I had to literally, he was one of those dudes that like you had to force him to like go anywhere. He I remember almost, you telling me that. He like didn't bring his, he had an expired license or an expired yeah. New York ID. <laughs> And he talked his way onto the plane. Yeah. Could you imagine doing that I, now? That would never even, happen. I can't even so, imagine that happening then. It was too, it looked like it was pre 9 11. It was like seven years after 9 11. Yeah. No, like that doesn't make any sense. So, anyways, he somehow made it, somehow worked out. But yeah, like that, I, I, I didn't, I was not, it wasn't until I put a continent in between our relationship that I was really able to focus on me. Right. So I was like the queen of long distance for a very long time. (laughs) Yo, you had, yo, you had so many phone cards and, um, internet cards. Yes. There was, I I was like, yo, what is happening? Like, I don't know. I wanted to just, I should have, I should have quit. Honestly, I should have quit like two months into my victory contract because the money was high though. Yeah, like the money for right. yeah, for show band vocalists, like you could save like 20, 25 grand just by living on a cruise ship for six months and not doing shit. Right. Get off, have like a nice chunk of change. Yeah. Just like even 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 if you like like did like eight every day, you got off on the ship, you'd still yeah. have at least like 10, like easy. If you like you know easy. I mean, like easy. easy. Yeah. I see like, I mean the cruise ship is how I was able to survive once i once i got off my 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 last cruise on the victory i i went home for like a week and then i flew back to la yeah. to my apartment i'd actually i had rented my apartment to, to yes. two to some people so i rented my apartment to this i remember that first, i remember that a songwriter singer who's very very successful now her name is victoria monet okay so i rented my apartment to her okay she lived there for six months and then I rented my apartment to this guy named O.T. Fagbenle. And he is now on Handmaid's Tale. Wow. If you watch Handmaid's Tale, he's the husband. He's like one of the main characters in the show. Wow, that's so cool. Like that, little, that little apartment is blessed. So yeah, I went back sure. to that apartment. Can I live there for a little bit? <laughs> and I, well, I, I, got, I went to New York for like, I got off the boat and I went to New York. I was like, I have two weeks. That's all I have. I was like, I'm giving myself 14 days. I'm going to get in with my homie, Ture, and mm-hmm. I'm going to pay him. I'm literally just going to pay him for tracks. Like, I'm like, can you just produce some songs for me so I can take them back to LA with me so I can jump back into the music industry? Because I was signed in this to this girl group. And while I was signed in this girl group, I made tons of connections, connections that I did not feel comfortable using when I was still signed with this team. But now that I was like apart, I was like, I am calling. I, I pulled out every single card, every stop that there was, I pulled it out. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I have music. Listen to my music. I have music. Listen to my music. Here's an open mic. I want to come sing your open mic. Like, let's do this. And I just hit the okay. ground running. And yeah. within like three months of being off the boat, I had gotten a song cut with Justin Bieber. That's insane. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to get to that in just a second. But it, that, it, that's, that's when you're like, okay, I'm, I'm built for this. So, but before all of that, when you're hustling and grinding, like, is that what the difference is? I mean, it's, it sounds like a stupid question to ask, but 
the difference between someone who's at a point where you are in your career, where you're getting phone calls left and right from people wanting songs to those that just maybe assume or, Oh, I'll be all right. Or whatever. Like the, 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 the hustle and, and, and saving up money and the old cars that you had that you found, or you still had and making those connections like that all comes back when you're hustling and grinding to get to that point. You won't meet those people if you don't serve those people first. You know what I mean? You have to be like, look, I'm here for you so that hopefully one day they can be there for you. So for me, that was very important was to, to have humility and say yes to every, I said yes to everything. Jay, like there was nothing, I mean, short of like sexual favors, there was nothing (laughs) I would not do to get into a studio, even if it meant me and one of my girlfriends who I, who I songwrite with, right? Studio opens up at 1am. What do you think? You want to go? Okay, let's go. We are parked the car at 1255. Boom. In the parking lot. One at one in the morning, we have free studio time. I'm not going to turn it down because I need to work on my craft. It is what it is. And I'm there till five. And then studio needs to be clean and refreshed when the, when when cleaning like crew comes in there. at eight and then it's like i was never there so it's like you just have to do what you have to do i can't believe now looking back on that melanie who would drive to the studio at 2 a.m this is a very different melanie than is sitting in front of you right now but you know when you're when you're in it you're you're it's not like it, it's almost like you're desperate you you need you whatever time you can find whatever loophole whatever <laughs> back door that's open you just take it like fuck it and and you deal with that other shit later and you just you master your craft sleep when you're dead if you're trying to become successful your mentality needs to be sleep when you're dead especially when you're young and you have the energy to hop around at 1 a.m be in a studio till five clean up go back to the crib maybe sleep a couple hours and wake up and get back to the grind like literally that and that's what i did i was it was it was studio uh maybe go to the gym for an hour or so then back to the studio it was just like constantly trying to better myself i eventually like got to a point where it was too much too much trying to shove too much in and you can sort of start burning out a little bit for sure Then you have to learn how to say okay saying no isn't the devil and then you have to kind of re the 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 negative side of being so fucking driven is that you're terrified to say no because you yeah. fear that yeah. that one no, that one time you say no, you'll miss the biggest opportunity of your life. Right. That's not always the case. No, not, and it's 99.99999% right. but never the case. It's, so but it, it's it, always it gets, that. It gets, it gets to a point where you need to, all right, you're, you put in the equity as far as running and gunning, getting your name out there whenever you can taking up any studio time that's free and it's like all right you you put the you put the groundwork in but it's like all right what's the focus like what do i need to exactly focus on? yeah and then Damn. and then you start focusing on that and then you start to realize how you could manipulate it to how you want it to work out so going back to justin bieber and working with him i mean this is what is it in his infancy when he started to really like pop off and he had baby this and all that was- shit this was post baby. This was, he had already been very famous for like four years now. So he had already been famous for like four years. He was working on his believe album and he was working on his Christmas album, which was under the mistletoe. 
Yeah. So one of the friends I had met being signed to this super producer in a girl group had also been friends with a person who I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to, trying to make this like, so long story short, essentially Okay. a friend of a friend from when I was signed to this producer was like, Hey, I got, I went to this networking event. So I, I, I was like, I was telling you in the beginning, I was performing at a lot of open mics when I first came back to LA. Like I, I, I went to New York, I made this demo of like six yeah. songs. Then I came back to LA and I would, I would hire a guitarist to play with me at these yeah. events. So I went to one of these open mic night events and I met a dude there who knew a dude that wrote for Justin Bieber. <laughs> it's literally as like, it's all like, it's like, but you, but you put yourself in those positions though. You were like, open mic, luck, you never know. And then if you don't, but, but if you don't deliver in the lucky situation, what's the luck worth? Right. So this friend was like, listen, you need to meet this dude. He writes all these Justin Bieber songs and he's working on Bieber's new album and he's working with Jojo and he's working with all these very, like Jason Derulo was just yeah. kind of coming off of his mm, what you say moment. So right. you need to meet this guy. So turns out his studio was a block away from my apartment. I could walk, I could throw a stone and hit the studio. Did you know that that was there? No, because in LA, in LA, in LA, studios look horrible on the outside. Like everything yeah, in LA, yeah, yeah. as far as a recording studio, it looks like a dock where you would dump a dead body. <laughs> but then when you go in, it's this like chandeliers, gold-plated, red leather, like everything's like sleek and beautiful. State of the art, state of the art equipment and exactly. everything. So I go to this very nondescript building that's behind a laundromat and I'm going... <laughs> No way Justin Bieber is working on music in here. No fucking way. I go in and sure enough, the whole his whole team is there. We write one song. Oh yeah, like this girl, Victoria Justice is going to cut it. Cool, that's oh, a cool shit. cut. I know her. She's on Nickelodeon. I love that. Yeah. Cool. And I was like, that's like a cool first thing to happen. Second like, song we write. Wait, time out, time out. Scooter Braun was all in there and shit too? No, no, no. Scooter wasn't, at, wasn't here at the studio, but it was like okay. Justin's songwriting team. Got it. Okay. The people yeah. like if you pull out his CD and you like read the liner notes, like yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. in the liner right, was right, in the right. studio for the most part until he started working with like Max Martin. His yeah. Max's studio is over in Beverly Hills and it's gorgeous. So right. I meet all these guys. We write one song. It goes pretty well. Write the second song. It's like kind of a country song. I was like, this would be amazing for Taylor Swift or like the band Perry or like yeah. Lady A, right? Yeah. So I was like, let's do something like that. So we write out of like, so we go from writing a super pop song to writing a super country song. My, at the time, he wasn't my manager yet. My manager emails it over to Scooter Braun. Scooter Braun's like, I love this song. We should get the band Perry on it and feature Justin. Then it was like, wait, let's get Justin on it, feature the band Perry and put it on his Christmas album. Done. I swear to and God. And what's the result? What's the result of that? So I started going through a, the shopping phase, which is where you shop yourself or your manager, your management team. So at that point, my management, my then management was like, we want to sign you. This is like Justin Bieber's people. Like we want to sign you to our management company. 
we have a pub company. We will publish your music and we have a management company. I was like, but wait, like you can definitely manage me, but publishing serious. Like that's like a, a whole thing. Like you get a yeah. big advance. Like they advance you sometimes millions and millions of dollars that you inevitably have to pay back. Sure. So I was like, hold off on publishing, but you can manage me. Like, so that management team started shopping me around to different publishing companies. And I was getting offers of amounts of money that like to 20 something, 22 year old me was like, (gasps) (gasps) yeah, it was like, you're seeing, you're seeing those numbers. You're like, wait a minute, there's more. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I've never seen that many zeros in regards to me in my life. Right. So I was like, so wait, songwriting is actually like kind of like a lit game. Like you can, you can, you can make that's, like a good living doing the, this. That, that's the game. So um, while I say, let's rewind about nine months. So I'm on the cruise ship ending my, my time on, on the victory. Yeah. And I had, I had a friend in LA who I met through this super producer that I was signed to. And he was like, yeah, I'm getting a pub deal. And I was like, what is a pub deal? And he's like, it's like where a company gives you an advance. They own half your publishing forever, but you get to keep the other half. And then they give you large amounts of money. Every time you pay them back, they give you like another big check. That's the simplest way to put a publishing deal. And they also shop your music. They have good connections. They shop your songs to artists. They put you in rooms with good producers. Sync television, movies commercials, commercials everything. So that is what right. and I was like tell me more, tell me more. I'm interested <laughs> I was like right. I got two months left on this bitch I'm getting off of this freaking floating hamster wheel in I mean, two months and I'm that's how a lot of songwriters make their money is off of shopping around or correct. even like, stamp, like samples even like ta- and- Taylor Taylor Swift has shopped old songs like this is what you came for by Calvin Harris and Rihanna that's Taylor Swift she wrote that yeah you know like um Lady Gaga has written a lot of stuff for other artists. Megan Trainer too. Megan oh yeah, Trainor, no, there, there's a lot like uh, uh, um, Jesse J. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Jesse J's Jesse J's new album is about to be crazy. Ryan Tedder is executive producing it. Ryan Tedder You're, from One Republic. You already Whoa. know. You already know how much Ryan means Ooh. to me. <laughs> like he's I'll let he's him a, know. He's, I'll a let him know. he's a he's genius. A, he's a genius. He's a he's um. He's not only a musical genius, he's also like a real estate genius and also just like a life. He is so good at compartmentalizing and, and time management and just like doing everything and being able to have his hand in everything. Yeah. Um, he's one of the songwriters that I have been, I've I, looked I, up to I, forever. Before, before we go on a tangent, I just got to give a shout out to my friend Stephanie. She's the one that really put me on to not only One Republic, but Ryan Tedder and and telling me like, yes. oh, he wrote this, he wrote this, he wrote this. I was like, oh shit, he's dude. A he wrote he, he wrote all the Jonas the new Jonas Brothers stuff. That's like Correct. all the lit new Jonas Brothers stuff. That's all him. Yeah. So going back uh, nine months after, or like from going off the the victory, yeah. uh, working with Bieber, um, that that Christmas album. How well did that do? It immediately went to number one on Billboard charts. We immediately went platinum within like eight months. It was double platinum by the next Christmas. It was triple platinum. I think it's something like quadruple platinum at this point, which is 5 million. Do you know how insane that is? Like, and this is. And mind you, that is like, to me, I'm like, that's incredible. 
But then when I think about the numbers that BTS does. I'm, I'm, we're going to get to that in, the, in a second. We're going to get to that in a second. That, pheno- B- BTS, they're, that is a phenomenon. I wanna, that is just I wanna, like. I'm gonna get to that in a second. But that's I some talk about- 90s. That's some 90s <laughs> music. <laughs> no, listen. Sales. When when I when I saw when I saw that um, you worked on the Bieber album, and I I remember seeing on your post or something you had like a platinum. I'm like, you're literally living my dream, like of being in a in the realm of songwriting, music, working with artists that are that. You work with because you work with artists that people know, but you also work with artists from like around the world that are topping the charts over there at other countries. Can you talk a little bit more of like um, your experience working with artists, international artists, and how their songs chart and how it is? What is there any differences? As an American, as an American, we often like to believe we are the end all be all. The end all be all. right? (laughs) Right. Okay. We have to remember different, every country kind of has its own little isolated market of songs in maybe their mother tongue, their own language. Artists right. that might be super famous there, but when they fly to LA to work, they get to have like some time off and be like at peace for a second. So sometimes you have to take yourself from like here to here and realize, listen, you're not just, you. sometimes the US isn't always the shit. You have yeah. to- realize these markets are billion dollar music industries and has nothing to do with the US at all. So it is amazing to see people find celebrity in their home country and work with artists that have fans screaming outside of the, you know, outside of the studio with signs. And then to come, you know, when they come to LA, it's like they get to have like a break from all of that. Right. It's so, cool. It's really, it's really awesome to, it's awesome to see those, um, the different kind of markets and what style of music works in each market is very different. Like right now, or about like these last like six months, just that, re- that, uh, Ari side to side, that like, kind of like pop reggae sound is yeah. like hitting in Korea. Yeah. Even though that kind of hit here, maybe like two, three years ago that sound is hitting in Korea now because they were on some other shit when that sound was hitting here. So it's like sounds aren't necessarily all the same in every single market. It doesn't mean they're late. It just means they were on some other, they were on some more EDM tip before when that side to side thing was happening here. So I bring up the international because I remember seeing this, I'm gonna play a little snippet. And I was like, wait, what? And I, I hope you can hear it. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen, when I saw this on iTunes, I remember like, wait a minute. She has a song on I thought it was the coolest shit. And I was like, I have to buy it. I didn't even know who like I didn't know who the DJ producer was. I just remember seeing Tidy. your name. Yeah, I remember seeing your name and I was like, wait, I gotta buy I gotta support my girl because this is dope. So this was one of my first features right so i mean the hook i love the hook i love the hook i i recently listened to it uh again because i was like i want to listen to the stuff i remember seeing her and i watched the video 
<laughs> like this was a time in music where, you know, the EDM, um, like I, all of that was really popping off. And I remember like, this was just, very like that David, like when David Guetta smashed onto the United States scene. By the way, Dave, but see, here's another fun fact. David Guetta had been famous for like half a decade. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I knew, I knew he, about Guetta and Tiesto and all of them years way right? before when they really popped so, up. Yeah. You, like as an American, sometimes you just need to be like, bring it down a notch, man. Because there are other markets that you don't even know, but like you could get super rich working in Romania on the right. Rom- like Romania has its whole own pop scene with Romanian pop stars. Like so, with so so with uh so with this DJ, he's Australian, correct? Yes, but he was living as he he's back in Australia now, but he's he was living in LA at the time. So how did how did the link up with with y'all two work? And where he no. was like, "Yo, I did he hear your shit?" Or you kind of like how did that work? Yes. So my my music publisher at the time, uh, her name is Ashley Calhoun. Shout out Ashley Calhoun. She's at Pulse now. She set me up on a writing session with him because he was also signed to this universal music company i was also signed and she was like let's bring these two together and there was another songwriter in the session named um sticks who he's not only an incredible songwriter and musician he's also super big into community outreach like in in watts and in like south central la like he's like he's like wearing a crown over there like he that's dope it's just one of the most amazing like he's just an amazing person in general so they put the three of us together Cause we were all wow. signed to the same pu- company and they were like, y'all just should get together and write something, see what happens. Yeah. Tidy fell in love with the song we wrote in the session, went home, put on his headphones, like worked on it. And then was like, do you mind if I put this out? And I was like, go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> get it. Absolutely. That's yo. I like, I like it's, it's different when you're, you know, you're songwriting and you're writing for other people when it's cool or whatever, but like to have, a song where it says like your name on it and it's like yeah it's, it's on the it's, charts it's, and it's, it's you like make a, a music video it's a heartwarming like, it's feeling it's cr- no, it's like i was so happy for you i i'm definitely like i'm not completely opposed to the idea of pursuing an artist's career eventually but i mm. also feel like it's not something that like i would put above writing for other people mm-hmm I, I love my life as it is. I love my job as it is. But hey, if one day I maybe want to like put out a something, I'm not opposed to signing like with a, a label for like an EP deal or like yeah. doing some some performances here and there. Why not? It's fun. Yeah. I love singing. So for me, it's more like I, I'll, I'll do more of that when the time is right, but I'm still doing features. Like I do about like one or two features a year, maybe, maybe a little more like a, I just did one recently with this DJ called John Dahlback. Okay. It's my, actually, it's one of my favorite features. It's called Don't Wanna Love. Okay. And uh, it just came out a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, it's, it's again, a, an amazing feeling to see your name on something when you're, when you're so used to being behind that curtain. Like when you're the, the guy, the wizard. I, I just remember, I just remember like, when, when I think I might have been following you or whatever, and you had posted that you had this song out with Tidy. Uh, uh, and, yeah. and I was like, wait, like, I, it was bizarre because I was like, I, I was just working with her on a cruise ship. Like, and it wasn't that long after. It was maybe like a it year, might, two years or whatever it was. See, 
it was, it feels like it happened very fast because technically after the cruise ship, it was like, I jumped into the music industry. Like I dove into the music industry right after the cruise ship, but I had already been in the music industry like nine years before that. So what, what people often see as an overnight success is often like a 20 years. Yeah. 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 That's the misconception. Like you like, Oh, I'm overnight. Meanwhile, this band's been together touring for 20 years, 10 years, whatever. And this is their fourth album. Like, Mm -hmm. No, so I, I I just remember like from from knowing you to to when that came out, I was like, oh shit, like she's like legit. So then, you know, I follow you, and you know, we're friends or whatever. We'll co- comment here and there. I, more than anything, I'm just like, yo, this is so dope. I'm so happy. Like I was just like praise like praising you because it's 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 such a dr- it's like a dream gig. But they, it really but- it really is it really is a dream. My my job is amazing, and also I'm. I I'm married to the most talented, incredible music producer that I've ever gotten a chance to work with. So we work together a lot, which makes us sort of a one-stop shop for artists. Cause it's like, okay, awesome. I get, I get Lindgren and Melanie. So Melanie's going to be on the pen with me and Lindgren's going to make sure that I sound amazing and make right. sure the track sounds amazing. So I feel like that having him has also leveled up my game too, because we're so in sync with one another that like I can just look at him and he already knows what I'm going to say. So he's already on the so, boards doing it. So, so between y'all two meeting each other, was it just inevitable? Cause y'all are in the same circles. Like how did that work? It, there were a you million and your husband things. Then. Yeah. There were a million things that could have gone wrong when we met. He had just, <laughs> he had just gotten dumped by his girlfriend. I wow. was like kind of in like a shitty mood and I almost can't. So he was here visiting from Germany. So he's German. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was here in LA visiting from Germany. I was working uh, with a friend at my friend's house. She's a co-writer of mine. We actually wrote the entire soundtrack to this kid's TV show called Shimmer and Shine together. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's on Nick Jr. And yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm singing it. Hold on, me. This is, this is the, this is the TV show. Let's see if it, does it have any battery left? No, no. Oh. This is the little speaker. <laughs> Royalties. <laughs> so that's my voice in a toy that I bought at Target. That's amazing. Um, so it's so I, bizarre. It's so she's bizarre. also she's not only a talented like songwriter for kids shows. She also writes pop music and has been writing for like 20, 30 years. So okay. Jolene invited me. Her name is Jolene Bell. She invited me. Hey, I got the session. It's this young dude. He's coming in from overseas. You want to work with us? And I was like sure fine whatever and that's how we met wow so and it was you, like a, it was like was it instant like y'all's connection was just like instantaneous i had a crush on him crazy. the second i saw him i was like this is bad <laughs> i was like i don't like to um shit where i eat but i'm gonna shit where i eat <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> business and pleasure sometimes don't always mix but it just was so natural and the fact is we didn't even get a chance. Like there wasn't even like, we didn't even hook up when he was in LA. It was just like, we worked together. We went to dinner with a group of friends and then he went back to Germany and we just stayed constantly texting, constantly on FaceTime. And I was like, I think I'm falling in love with this guy on the internet. 
basically. <laughs> so again, I'm like the long distance queen here. So I'm like, here I go yeah. to another long distance thing. So I flew to Germany. I just was like, I'm going to come. Are you cool if I come to Germany for like two, three weeks? And he was like, yeah, just wow. stay with me. Wow. And it was like that. And so we just, it knew. was a wrap. We got married. We, we started dating in February. We got engaged the next February and then we were married by August. Wow. Now that's he's a, just that's my bestie. Congrats he's my bestie. Means, like, we're just, we're like, thank you. We're just like the best two friends that anyone could have. <laughs> he's my bestie. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, definitely seem like I have a really good connection. Um, and I, like with, with all that being said, um, I say it's the amount of success that you've had over the last couple of years. So I remember, I remember you put a post up or something about like having, you know, songs go number one in like other countries. Yeah. And it was like multiple songs at the same time. So yes. can, you, can you just talk about like that experience working with artists from around the world and seeing the fruits of your labor in other markets? It's just, it to me, it's an honor every time I get to connect with somebody that maybe doesn't necessarily speak my language because I think mm -hmm. human connection is so fucking hard to find nowadays because everyone is like on one side of the fence or the other with everything, everyone, there seems to be like a thin line drawn down the center of every friendship, yeah. every, you know, it's like, everyone's like, you're either on one side or on the other. So at that time, this was pre politics, taking over Facebook pre all of that. Yeah. Um, it still felt so amazing to connect with a market that I didn't even necessarily know how I was connecting with. I was just doing what I did naturally and connecting. So that's, I think things feel better when you don't force them. And so when yeah. I saw, I had um, at the time, there was this TV show that was brand new back then called Produce 101. Okay. Massive show in Korea. And they were putting together a girl group from 101 girls narrowing it down to like a, a lucky 10 or 11 that become sure. this massive, massive group that turned out to be IOI was the name of the band. Right. So I had a number one with one girl group from that show that they had, they had like broken the 101 down, 101 girls down into like a few different girl groups. So I had a number one with one girl group on the show. Then minutes later, I had a number one with another girl group on the show. And then when the official girl group was created, that's about insane. three or four days later i had another number one in korea on the melon chart see uh they have several different charts in korea they have like a cacao chart they have a melon chart they've got different things aren't just necessarily billboard or you know yeah what we have here so all right so since you mentioned korea i mean we got to bring up P uh, bts i mean yeah <laughs> like literally the biggest group in the world just the following for K-pop and the the explosion. A lot of it has to do with YouTube um, and just yeah, like, the, the visuals. Like it's just it's, the it's, visuals. It's, and, but also, and it's, 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 the it's first, a movement. It's a movement. Yeah, it, well, it's also the first movement of music where the artist actively and constantly connects with their fans via V Live, via YouTube Live, via Instagram Live. Yes. Back in the day, and I talk I actually talked to Lance Bass from InSync about this because I was on oh, his just, podcast. Time out, just a low key flex. Oh, you know, Lance Sorry. Bass. 
Well, no, I was talking. Listen, I'm, so mess, Lance, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. That's awesome. So Lance was in what is <laughs> arguably prior to BTS, the biggest boy band in the world. For but sure. there was a wall. The wall between you and them was so much thicker, stronger, larger, higher, more powerful because the wall was. There was no phone. Right. There was no there was no there video was no chatting. access. There was no access to those. You artists. did not have access to these men. These no. men lived in their world. You imagined what you thought their world looked like. And then you went to their concerts when you could, if you could afford it. But you also got to think, too, like, that, you know, especially. And you know what? To be a meet, to get a meet and greet with one of those bands was like finding a 10 carat diamond on the ground. Like <laughs> right. It was impossible. That's what I was going to say. Like, like, uh, like a lot of that time they were uh, rehearsing, recording, touring, touring, recording, rehearsing, tour. Like it was just nonstop for whatever, from when basically when they started to whenever, you know, inevitably they broke so up, whatever, but they're said, constantly said, just on the move. I was like, I feel like Lance gets to live a very peaceful life and gets to live a very beautiful life with his husband and their dogs and like their properties because he was just slightly before the time yes. when people could just snap you at the grocery store on their iPhone. Yeah. You know, he, they, like, I, in my opinion, they made it out. Like, yes. They made the money, they broke the records, they did the damn thing and they got out alive. Like I'm good. You know what I mean? So I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that's that, the, the stars of today won't make it out alive. I'm just saying it's a lot more difficult to make it out with your wits about you now because you have a literal phone in your face at all times. And, then, and people don't give a fuck. They'll just start recording and you're just like, can you not record? Yeah. And they just keep recording. And, you're, and they're just waiting for chill. a reaction. And it's like, as, as with, humans, it's like, just respect it. But yeah, so he made B it out before all that stuff. But BTS is the one of the first groups that really connected as underdogs with their fans, yeah. who I, in my opinion, are a lot of underdogs. People that need a place to feel safe, people that need a place to feel confident. These K-pop groups, not just BTS, but like, you know, right. 17, TXT, Super M, NCT Dream, um, Icon, all of these groups they give their fans this little haven of protection. And even though the music, which to me, like I, it, it to, like, again, to connect with people in a different language and to connect at such a huge level with a different language is still a phenomenon. I'm trying to understand myself. Like, I wish I could explain to you why it happened from like yeah. a business standpoint or from like an artist standpoint. But the most I can say is, there's just something about the, the way they say things, no matter what language it's in. BTS has like a way of like kissing your heart, you know? So work, so working with, did you work directly with BTS or did you write? Yes. Some, so you were in the studio with them. So no, I initially wrote two tracks that okay. were sent to me. So this is how it goes. BTS and their label kind of like create some instrumentals together. Either the they, they have producers in-house or BTS helps create the beat with them. Because they're all musicians, too. Like, they're all sure. producers, engineers. Like, BTS can engineer and, like, record their own vocal. Like, just, like, I have a microphone here. I don't know if you can see it. But, like, I'm yeah, at yeah. my little studio desk. Like, they can all do that. So, they'll create a track, email it to me and my, at, at the time, me and my husband. We write on it. 
email it back. They're like, okay, we want to change this, this, and this. And then they add something. And I'm like, oh, I love what they added. Let me take what they added and do X, Y, and Z to it. And then we just shoot it back and forth over That's email. Wild. That's right? wild. Okay. So then in person, getting yeah. to work with them on sat to perform with them on Saturday Night Live. That's insane. Dead. That's insane. <laughs> Dead. They are so like the professionalism. How did the, you work with them on Saturday Night Live? Well, like, they, they're at, what's funny is it was like when I met them, it was like, oh, like we've worked together like satellite yeah. this whole time. So it was just yeah. like, uh, uh. <laughs> I haven't seen you, but I've seen your picture a lot. Right. Um, but it's just like, it was just, I mean, I, I, I wanted to be as professional as possible, but I was freaking out inside because I was just firstly, so excited to be there at SNL yeah. at this iconic location first, secondly, performing a song that I helped write with them. Probably the biggest group in the world. I don't even know if it's arguable at this point. Right. <laughs> it's just I what just, it I'll, is. I'll, I'll just be being generous, but like, you probably that, I have like a little, like, that's my Guinness World Record that so I, I wanted to bring that them. up. Yeah. So what, so what, what are all the, the records that you have right now? So the, the records that record. we broke at the time, I think BTS actually broke their own record though. Um, we broke most views ever in 24 hours on a video. On YouTube. Most on YouTube. Most views ever on a k-pop music video but i don't even i mean yes bts sings in korean but it's so global now i don't even no, know if it's, I would it's necessarily global call no it's k-pop anymore they right. they're just they're korean it's men pop. who it's music. have it's gone like, pop <laughs> so what, 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 then, what were the numbers like uh, like the 24 hour like stuff like 700 70, million 74 million 600 thousand views in 24 hours that's insane <laughs> And that all happened while I was in New York City with BTS performing on SNL. And like, I think now it's like at a billion or something. I re I think I watched it the other day. And it was like, we've surpassed a billion. Hold on, I'm gonna reset. Yeah, it's it. like it's like it's like one five, one point five or something. It's something like the amount of numbers on there. I was like, what? It doesn't make sense. They have dedicated events. It's one billion one hundred forty-seven million. 62,578 views right now. And that was and that moment. was the song with that was also with Halsey, right? With Halsey, who is just so amazing for jumping on that song and loaning uh her talents to the song and just giving it like a female male like cheeky perspective. No, it was listen, listen. Like I, I I'm not like I don't have like I pride myself in, in trying to keep up with music, but it, there's so much music that's so hard, even with like the biggest groups in the world. But when you watch it and you're like, and you see the numbers and you see the comments and you see the amount of people that like it, even the amount of people that don't like, like. That's it, important. It you want to know what? The don't like it people, the haters. They love it. They love it. They love it. Like, people why else are you watching you, this video? Why else are you watching this video? Like, stop playing with yourself. Like, you you wanted like, attention. You just gave it a thumbs down because yeah. you were just being a hater. You're sitting in your basement with your Cheeto fingers. <laughs> the sitting keyboard your warriors. Laptop and like, I'm going to make people feel bad. Meh. No, they, they, they fucking love it. But so working with BTS, Halsey, then you, I mean, you work with right now. I mean, I, I, I was just going off the people, Dua Lipa, who's fucking first of all she's to me she's the shit um and 
uh, her and album she's was like phenomenal. just as beautiful and professional and talented in person. She actually recorded Good in Bed here at my house. Like it, I mean, who are some of the other artists that people could like? They, they, you think people would like recognize? Like, oh yeah, like Chain Smokers worked with Chain Smokers, Britney Spears, Black Pink. Before we, all right. So you mentioned Britney Spears. So what kind of like cir- like oh my full God. circle moment? Like how I, is that? You're working with an icon. Okay, it's not even arguable. Like that. Like you know who Britney Spears is. You know the music. You know a, who she is. Yeah. And you worked like you worked on her, her newest album, right? Yeah. And apparently she really loved Mood Ring. So I co-wrote Mood Ring like six years ago. We were told it's going to be the single. It's going to be huge. We're going to feature DJ Mustard because Mustard had produced it. It's going to be this thing. And then I got news. The song's off the album. The label doesn't like it anymore. It's over. And I was like devastated. Couldn't get out of bed. And then they're like, never mind, it's back on the album. And I was like, just kidding. (laughs) But it's not a single. And I was like, yes, but like, okay, at least it's there, like bucket list. I love Britney. Like my mom, like I said, is cleaning out her house to move to LA and has literally sent me, no joke, like five photos, not photos, five drawings that I drew of Britney Spears when I was 12 years old. So that's insane. You're speaking to like a number one Britney Spears fan here. So then it was off the album, then it was on. Then they're like, no, it's going to go on the deluxe edition in Japan. And I was like, I'll take it. Any sure. Britney Spears cut for me is a cut. I don't like songs that sit on hard drives. I'm not, I'm easy to work with. If you want to write a song with me, let's just write it. No drama, put it out. Just, I'm not picky. So, and I think what happened is the fans who couldn't, necessarily have access because it was not on spotify mood ring was not on spotify you had to either illegally download it or buy the japanese album hard copy so the fans were getting pissed so in 2020 around april there was a trend on twitter saying like release mood ring release mood ring and it was like number three trending topic and i was like this song literally came out five years ago what are you all doing well they pushed they pushed they pushed britney hit rca and was like can we just put this out? And they put Mood Ring out five years later as a single. They did a remix album. They did it. Yeah. It got its, it's got, it got its own album of like four or five different remixes by very, very talented people like Wookie and um, Ape Drums and Lee Dagger and all these like very notable EDM DJs remixed the song. That's insane. Yeah. And so like it got it, it, it for me, that was fucking vindication because I sure. knew that song was a hit. Did the, It didn't get pushed to radio the way I thought it should be pushed to radio. I think RCA or her, she's going through a lot right now. So I think yeah. somebody maybe, I don't even know if it probably wasn't RCA. It was probably someone over there that dropped the ball that didn't push it hard enough because I think that song could have been huge at radio because even though it was five years old, I listened to that track. I was like, Mustard and Twice is Nice, the production team who, who did the beat. I was like, they smashed it. This so, sounds like, like it c- could have come out. It's, even though it's five years old, it sounds like it came out today. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, that's part of the business, right? Like, it doesn't matter, like, if the studio or, or if the label doesn't think it's a hit or they, 
it, 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 yeah. it's kind of like what happens. Like it could be on the record, it'd be off. No, it's gonna be on the exclusive in Japan. Like, but it that, also goes to like, show you how powerful the fans' voices are. Correct. Because the fans made that. That was never supposed to happen. The right. fans literally created a trend that lasted two weeks. And then Britney finally, I think Britney or someone on Britney's team just caved and was like, all right, already, we're going to put this thing out. Wow. Just so, took five years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a proud moment. Cause I know it's, you know, obviously someone you looked up to, um, are there, <laughs> there's a, I mean, you're able to be in conversations and have relations with a lot of, talented people within the industry whether they're artists engineers producers whatever um is there an artist that you haven't worked with that you're kind of bird handing your you know oh yes i i know i don't know where she's at right now in her process but i would absolutely love to work with selena gomez Ooh. never worked with selena i feel like selena and i i i just feel like i understand her sound yeah. And I feel like I could, with her, alongside her, we could that's deliver. That's a great her. answer. That's a great answer. Yeah. I could see that, for sure. Ari. Ari. Yeah. Ari's another one. I mean, her new project with the live strings. Yeah. Chef's Kiss. Have, like, it's such a vibe to, like, just drive and listen to the new Ari album. It's so tight. It's so nice. So can we, can, um, can we get, or can you tell us, like, anything that, we could kind of be looking out for. Ooh, yes. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure when this is going to drop, but I mean, maybe some exclusives or something. Any fun stuff. Okay, so I've got a couple things happening. I've got a song coming out with an artist called John Kay. He is signed to okay. Sony. He's incredible. You should check him out. Um, we have a song coming out soon. And I've got some songs coming out with AJ Mitchell, who is in freaking incredible. If you haven't checked out AJ, He's insane. Um, okay. 19-year-old male artist. Um, like, young weekend, basically. Wow. Like, weekend meets something a little more organic. Um, he's absolutely incredible. Uh, what else? I've got so much going on. Oh, Mabel. I don't know if you're familiar with Mabel. She's an insanely talented artist from the UK. She had fucking massive hit called don't call me up last year okay don't call me up it yeah. was so good okay. if you haven't heard don't call me up go listen to don't call me up i think I, yeah no i think i think it came on a playlist that i had randomly going She's, on but yeah that's and it's probably one of the most incredible vocalists singer like singer and and equally amazing of a songwriter like lyricist like lyric game on point what else do we have going on we have so much going on i've been working a lot with Anne marie Ooh. Yes. Okay. Finally, we're kind of going back, we're going back, back and forth on a song right now that we're like in, it's in the works right now. What else is going on? Some more, got, got some more K-pop stuff coming out soon. Um, what else? I mean, the stuff that's just recently released is pretty dope too. Like if you haven't heard twice, uh, this girl group in Korea, you should check them out. They're fire. Um, there's the song called I Can't Stop Me and they have it come out in both English and in Korean, which I think is Ooh. awesome. Very rare that that happens. When are, so, yeah. when are you and Ro when, when are you and Mr. Ted are going to get together? I don't know when we're going to get together next. Actually, Ryan right now, Ryan, you better call me. <laughs> When y'all do, I need to be on a FaceTime and just be like, yo, listen, I think you're dope. My friend Stephanie put, put me on to you. 
Yeah. He actually um, he, he has this company called Mad Tasty, and they make this such a, this amazing CBD water. Oh, that's cool. Have you heard of Mad Tasty? It's really no, good. No, I, I think that's amazing, though. Oh, and if you're into mezcal, Ryan also has, I'm like plugging all of Ryan's brands. He has this mezcal called Dos Hombres that is okay. so freaking good. I love tequila, so that's my shit. All right, so we, we, we're going to wrap up very soon, but I got a couple things. These are like quick sure. hitters. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, a couple questions, but they're going to be quick answers. Is that cool? And then, Perfect, I'll, and then I'll, give you, I'll give you a gift at the end. Rapid fire. <laughs> all right. Um, what's a, what's your favorite song that you wish you wrote? God is a woman, Ariana Grande. That's a good one. Uh, what's the one thing you miss the most from the East Coast or about the East Coast? The East Coast attitude, honesty. Um, <laughs> uh, in three words, uh, what what was your wildest studio experience? All right. Yeah. My craziest studio experience in three words. Yes. Or phrases. Diamond, diamond crusted gun Hennessy. <laughs> That's insane. Okay. Uh <laughs> you can fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to leave, I wanted to kind of paint a picture, but you don't have to incriminate anybody. So that's why I, I can't I can't agree, but it was in New York. It was oh, in shit. New York. <laughs> of course um, it was. <laughs> What was your favorite cruise ship moment? Performing New Year's Eve. On the victory? Performing on the victory on New Year's Eve. That was fun. That was my one of my all-time favorite moments. Also, I have another, I had I had I had another one. It was um I don't, it was just a random night with this with the country band. And <laughs> we stayed up, we literally stayed up till 5 a.m drinking and smoking cigarettes on on the on like that crew deck the crew deck yeah the crew bar deck. it's hard to explain but like definitely the, the new year's eve was number one performing new year's even like having like a huge crowd of people like really excited like, to be it there was, it was it was like like 25 3, like three thousand people 20, yeah, it was like three thousand people all on the yeah. deck it was a big shit <laughs> yeah it was fun all right the drunker um, you are the better i sound baby exactly <laughs> Exactly. So my gift to you, you get to ask me any question and I have to answer it unless it's a, a question that someone asked, but I highly doubt it. But Let's ask me anything you want and I'll answer it. All right. A date with Dua Lipa. Would you rather go on one date with Dua Lipa, not Ooh. knowing where it's going to go, or, or would you rather have $25,000 cash. Hmm. I was, it's like I, they're, they're both kind of reasonable. Like it's a no, reasonable no, 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 question. No, 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 no. Listen, 25, 25 bags, like I'm cool, but. But I like, feel like who knows what would happen? Right. So my, my, my answer is the day with Dula Lipa. That's like a. Because at, <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, even if nothing happens from it, it's still a once in a lifetime experience that I could just be like cool like that was dope and I can live off that for at least a solid month <laughs> damn you do you know what really pisses me off you actually know me sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense though right like I'm like I, I love like experience. You know and, and the 25 grand I'll that'll come down the line again like but like I don't know when going out with do Lipa will ever happen <laughs> again so, yeah because you, yeah, you can you can get tw you can get 25 racks like yeah that could yeah. happen 
but the Dua Lipa, that's she's a she's a mega star. So there's a lot of she's a star. Not only that, she's she's just like what like if you see her on a magazine cover, that's what she looks like. Yeah, standing in front of you, it's unfair. I I had to work like I had to put this on today. You know, (laughs) you look great though. Uh, I need to see you on an episode of Song Exploder. You know what that is? I have never heard of that, but I would love to know more. Please tell me. I'm, I'm plugging another thing, but it's basically uh, a series where they break down a, a song from an artist and they talk oh. to the writers and the producers. It's on Spotify, YouTube. It's on Netflix. It's actually really dope. And they did uh, Dua Lipa's... Um... That's right. Yeah. I do... can't remember the name of the song, but I can't remember. Did they do uh, Levitating? No, not levitating. The other one. Uh, like God. Don't start now. Nope. You got me. Uh, in love again. In love again. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. But I need to see an episode with you with you on it. Love so, to do Song Exploder. That would be amazing. So where can people find you on social media or information? Yes. On looking at you so, and all that good stuff. If you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Melanie Joy Fontana. That's M-E-L-A-N-I-E Joy Fontana. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Melanie Fontana. And that's pretty much all. That's where you'll find me. <laughs> awesome. Listen, I could talk to you forever, um, but we're going to wrap up. But thank you so much. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stay on after this, but um, thank course. you so much for doing this. I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. I just wanted, I just wanted to make it count. You've got um, to meet my husband. It's been okay. so amazing. You, you, you'll love him. I feel like you, when you come to LA and visit, please come hang out with us. Please, let's chill. I, I've been prolonging that trip for too long, so I'm going to make it very... Like, Once we get this all... When, I'm, it, when it makes me so happy that not one time in this interview did we mention the state of the world and that stupid fucking virus. Well, listen, I kind of wanted to not talk about it because I think everybody's burnt out from it. Um, we're yep, all just not. still aware. Yeah, so I just... But once everything starts to calm down a little bit, um, I do... You're one of the first people I want to hit up when I go to L.A., Please um, come, come through, come hang out. We'll take you to all the best. We'll, we'll, we'll do like a tour of Soho houses. Cause my husband's a member. <laughs> done. Awesome. Yes. Uh, was- let me, let me just turn this off, but thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. That was Melanie Joy Fontana, episode two, the Gentleman's Corner podcast. I just want to thank Melanie for coming on to my little show and sharing her stories. A lot of great stuff. I hope you gained something from her experiences in life. Um, If you want to follow Melanie Joy on Instagram, she said it earlier, but I'll say it again, at Melanie Joy Fontana. Also on Spotify, she has a curated playlist where she has a whole list of songs that she helped either write or produce. And there's some really good stuff on there, some bangers. Like we mentioned before, Dua Lipa, BTS, Justin Bieber, Britney Spears. It's all on Spotify, so go check that out. Go follow that list. Alrighty, folks. I hope you had a good time. That is the end of episode two. Be ready for episode three coming very soon. We got some great stories, some great guests coming up. But make sure you are following Water Ice Radio as well as waterice.com on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Make sure you're in the know with Water Ice Radio and waterice.com. We got some really cool stuff coming up, so make sure you're following us. 
All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed it. Great conversations with great people. I'll see you guys soon. Have a good one. Peace.